Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Top Row Podcast. I'm your main host, Shislansky. I got Big Show E Dukes over here on my right, and I Nick Youngblood on my left as he's enjoying his um his little meal. Today's episode is to talk about last night's Dark Side of the Ring, the um, the last ride of the Road Warriors, Hawking Animal, the Legion of Doom. Before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, but give us the platforms to make our podcast happen. Authors Hot Road Podcast. You can check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor Podcast here, our main hub, Breaker Podcast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Cloud. Nonetheless, um, give us the color message that we need to make our podcast happen. So it makes the things a lot more easier. It helps us stream it to other podcast platforms as well. The ones I just named from earlier today. That's what we're going to be on. And also, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Off the top of podcast, check us out. Um, so before we jump into it, what's up, boys? Everybody, good afternoon. Uh, sure, man. I'm just over here chilling. Drinking my banana milkshake. You ready to just eat this dinner here? Uh, yeah, just, other than that, I'm just taking it one day at a time. What else can you do? Chilling, relaxing. About to eat me some chicken broccoli ziti with, uh-huh. with, uh, with cheese biscuits. Nice. And just enjoy Yes, yes. I'm getting ready for tonight's Whoa. um on Wednesday's night wars just in case. You about to have a Wednesday night war in the bathroom, bro. I know. <laughs> it might be better than NXT. But I will be. <laughs> both of y'all got both of y'all got some toilet human issues and y'all need some and y'all need some help. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today's episode, like I said before, is what the least uh, previous episode of Dark Side of the Ring, where it documents Hawking Animal's journey from the very beginning to to Hawk's to Hawk's tragic passing in 2003. Um, yeah, this is pretty. I guess I'll go first because I know I know you two. Yeah, I'll probably gonna be scrapping and doing doing some other stuff. I make my my rolling process quicker than expected. Um, no, actually, matter of fact, screw that. I was not the second to last one to watch this. Duke says, You got cable, you <laughs> talk about this thing first. Yeah, I, I keep beginning. You be having cable, we don't have cable, so uh, we gotta be waiting to when this thing actually hits YouTube just to watch this thing. So it takes us longer to process this. So, yeah, so you already got full head experience. So, you go first, oh. I'll go second. Your blood, you go, <laughs> you're probably about to eat. All right. Um, wow. Um, now I'll put like this. I said this on the last podcast. Um, I'm a huge. I'm a, I am. I am definitely a huge fan of tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling. It starts. It starts 
it ends with the Road Warriors as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, I've watched this, yes, um, and just to hear the stories of it, of them and how they first met. I never knew like how most tag team, like some tag teams you probably meet like inside the like training somewhere doing the wrestling or or probably as friends. No, these two have meet in a weight room. And in Minnesota. Now let me remind y'all something. These two dudes were before they was wrestlers, they was as bouncers. And just to know that being a bouncer before and turned to a wrestler by only Anderson amazes me to know that only Anderson sat there and picked these two, put them in GCW, and paired them with the legendary, now we could say legendary, Paul Ederling. And most tag teams, they always have a skinny dude and a big dude. One's the high fly, one's the groundwork. And the difference between the Road Ro- Warriors is just that they was two big dudes that can literally kick y'all ass. Like, certain things I never knew was how Hawks, they went in depth on Hawk because Hawk was the more of the partier, more of the more of the all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take all these drugs and and still do what I need to do until they got to WWF. That's when things took a fold, and I actually watched that match to tell you the honest truth. And I literally seen how how things trip how things downfolded. Left and talked with Japan. I never knew that he did another uh, another Road Warriors in New Japan. I never knew that. I never knew. Well, I did see the the Raw when they when they brought Jaws in, but I never knew that that storyline. I bring a draws in and having a compete against, like literally has draws doing their move, the whole the whole storyline of Hawk being drunk and things like that was all created by Vince McMahon. And this is a tragic story, a exciting story, because it that. It is a bottom line to the story. Is just 
to change something towards the end, that's when your life is taken. Never take life for granted. And 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 Hawk was one of the dudes that I could never I could never sit here and say anything bad about. Rest in peace, rest in peace to Hawk. He's been truly there'll be no there'll be another Road Warriors. And I'm surprised that they even put John Laronidas in this. And to say talk about them. The way that everyone else has talked about them. That's all I can that's all I can get at for right now. Thank you, Dukes. Um yeah, me looking at this this documentary. Other road warriors, I mean, obviously for the listeners at home who knew who Hawk and Animal was, yeah, I paid attention to Georgia Championship Wrestling and WCW, WWF back then, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. They were the most recognizable tag team faces and tag team duos between the 80s, the whole 80s and the early 90s before, you know, some terminal stuff kind of came into play. Um... For what I got out of it, for what I understood from it, was both of these, both of these guys, Animal and Hawk, were the yin and yang to each other. One was good and one was bad, right? One, one rather to go, one rather Animal, it's the one that rather go out to dinner, um, you know, go get a good night's sleep and hit the gym in the morning. And Hawk would be. Bench for two days straight and still try to come in to try to work intoxicated. Now, I'm not putting more bad on Hawk than Animal, even though we all have that one person that we we with that we're constantly attached to because we grew up with them. We love them and we love someone like a brother, um, or as a sister, or as a sibling, or someone very close to you, even though that they're not blood related, there's somebody to you. And I, and I can relate to Animal in this case, to have a look after people, and I'm not going to say one person in general, one person in general had always been in some topsy-turvy situation using drugs and partying um, and just a frequent lifestyle had, could really take a toll on someone and that could change their demeanor, that could change their attitude. But nonetheless, I'm not thinking about the negative. Let's just focus on the positive. These two were a great tag team. Especially now if you really look back at some of the earlier works before their first run in WWF, they was actually on the top of their game. And we didn't really see too much too much negative until when they kind of hit um, when they kind of hit more of the locker room and behind closed doors type situation that I think it played it safe because you don't want the people out outside of wrestling to try to depict the person's life because of how they play, how they live. Oh, why? I know Razor Ramon once said in one of his documentaries that I can understand taking drugs to to get up and go perform. Well, I don't understand that, but I do understand you taking drugs to calm down from performance. And maybe if I'm looking at this a more substandard way, 
I think that's what Hulk was trying to do. I think Hulk was more of a trying to reward himself after such a great performance and rocking the crowd that, you know, you go out, you tend to get loose and you rub shoulders with the wrong people and that kind of enhanced that that darkness, to kind of enhance that 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 poisonous side of somebody. And that's documented that um what they was in New Japan when they got over, when they got over over there. And um right afterwards you see Hawk kind of buddy buddy with the Japanese mafia. Ooh, I wanna know what mafia that he was kind of rubbing shoulders with. Cause if they still if they still exist, that actually proves that the mafia is now international now. Boom. <laughs> so it's not just it's not just Italian it's not just Italian mafia. There was there was just the as the black mafia, but that's a long story from ahead. And you see where his decision and choices in life had took him. Now when they're getting over in the states and now WCW WWF, and you know back then where you know the whole wellness policy wasn't even kicking into effect back then. Anything could have happened behind those anything could happen behind those locker room doors. Shit, you shit, New Jack even said it best. He mean he did some coke and he was drinking some vials of vodka and orange juice before before doing the match. Putting him totally liable out there and being un, and being on some type of influence and intoxication and still go out there and fucking perform and nearly kill someone. That makes this shit even worse. And that's it goes fast forward to what we see the Road Warriors at WWF at SummerSlam and Whitby Stadium. There's a reason why that I didn't understand how that tag team match came in the fold, but now I understood now. And um, him, Hawk should have never been intoxicated even before that. Like, you should know that, especially on the pay per view. Nonetheless, it's kind of embarrassing. And this was before we seen Shawn Michaels do his antics on television. When God knows how, God knows how many other people that done it before too. It's just one of those things that you. It, it's hard to swallow because if you grew up watching these guys, then it's tougher for you to watch it now, where it gets a little darker and half the stuff that you probably didn't know. With and we good. And um, I just feel so, I mean, I, I feel saddened by it because no one should be going their lives that way. This is why the professional wrestling world back then was a whole different ball game compared to what it is today. But I can still feel like today can still feel some type of effect too. You know? So in the way, like, if I can see this, if I can say that, I probably predict 75% of that locker room in WWE right now smokes marijuana and probably is rather pays that $2,500 fine to Vince because that's what helps them heal. That's what helps them recuperate. That's how it gets all the, need, the aches and pain sometimes. Sometimes taking these painkillers, it's just, it's just enhancing in a possible addiction. Now, Similar to Hawks, where it was, you know, drinks and cocaine and painkillers, like, you know, all that stuff kicks in, bro. And when you're doing it on a constant level and that and that heart is pumping and it can't stop now, forget it, man. Seizures, heart attacks, um, cardiac arrest, anything, anything of that matter can happen to a person. And next thing you know, boom, they're gone. 
Hawks just Hawks was just one of those people that I think it was he was say in a he was an adrenaline junkie. He 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 needed that itch. That's why he was so insistent to fight. Like he was always he he always had love to fight, almost like a Finley. But this Finley, but this especially when the very beginning where his um his background being the bouncer at those bars in Minnesota had really kicked into play. Now you bring him into a rep school, train him that way, and you have a system for how they plan out to be the stationary, then that's better. So at least you have their craft right there, right in front of you that they can live on and they don't have to change anything. Especially if they work so well as a team. I don't think Hog by himself would have been successful. There's only certain, and like I said, there's only certain people that's better be at number twos than number ones, and he's one of those people too. And as we go, we kind of move forward, and certain things from back in the day kind of clicked in my head too. And the whole attitude era when they was really back around, and draws end up becoming a new member of the Legion of Doom, and we see Hawk coming out there, and he's drunk, and he or he's heavily intoxicated. I think I mean, and then I remember that little segment where they climb on top of the Titan Tron, and then he pushes someone. <laughs> I know if that part was actually for real, or was that actually just stage? But either way, it went, it worked because it blended both reality and the kayfabe world, and it made us believe in that. I mean, I'm pretty sure as an eight-year-old kid, you definitely believe in that. Oh God, somebody would have died. But then we see Sting being caught on fire, and he jumps off the the Titan Tron too into a nice little um, stationary little spot where he can be um, aired out and everything like that. So yeah, um, I just I, I did I feel bad. I feel bad for what Hawk had to go through in his head, what he had to go through as a I mean, when he go through a kid growing up without his mother. And that kind of leads to some things that could could take you for a long ride in the long run. I know, because I'm one of those kids. So it depends on how you take it, how you, and what do you do to escape that world. And usually, people try to pretend to be other people to get away from that world that they're trying to run away. Similar to Razor Ramon, Scar Hall. He did the same thing. Got away from all that to, to get into wrestling, become a different person, that he could feel happy again. But even with sometimes when it comes to that happiness, sometimes the real world bleeds into your kayfabe world, and that's when a lot of problems take place. And that's where drugs kick in. So, folks, don't do drugs. And if you are going to be in the, in the professional wrestling world, what they're going to try to say is that these drugs are bad. Let's just think about it from this perspective. Now, if fentanyl is the highest drug right now that's killing people like flies because of the potency in it, imagine what they're going to try to lace that with your cocaine the next time we sniff it. Think about all the mar- think about all the medical marijuana that's been that that I mean, that's been, that's been on display for the last two to three years. If they would have lifted that marijuana ban in, in, in sports entertainment, you see a lot more happier wrestlers. 
and then maybe you have more higher morale in your locker room. But people that's going to be working injury, working and breaking bones, and going back and do repeated surgeries over and over and over again, it's like almost feeding the beast that you have to be reliant on this medication. You yeah, now you're relying on these drugs. That addiction grows. Hence what happens to hence what happens to Hawk. And after that, Legion of Doom has never been the same. I remember when they tried to do the Legion of Doom again with hiding right. Oh, that did not work. Draws didn't work either. There's only certain people that can fulfill their roles, and that's like that's our guy. The same way how we always said Heath Ledger is our Joker. Christian Bale and Michael Keaton is our Batman. Even Tommy McGuire is our Spider-Man. There's only one, there's only one hog, there's only one animal. You can't duplicate that. No matter how many times that you try with the Ascension and Donald's how many other teams that they try to do the same thing for the past 20 years. There's only one Legion dude. There's only one hit. There's only one hawk. There's only one animal. There's only one Legion of Doom. There's only one set of road warriors. There can never be another one. Period. So rest in peace to Hawk. God rest his soul. He passed away in 2013. So it's been 17 years since his passing. That's a long, I mean, that's a long time, folks. For real. Appreciate the life that you have until until when it's time for you to go. So I gotta say about that. Well, um, if there's anything that I can really describe, this episode would be emotional, and that's probably the only thing I can really say when it comes to like how I feel about it. Uh, I said this to myself when I was little. I got to look back at that SummerSlam match. Because, you know, as a kid, you know, you're a kid. You're not going to pay attention to details. But now when you know what you know and see what you've seen, it kind of makes you want to look for yourself, you know. Uh, and only because I remember that moment being spoke of so fondly in a positive light, mostly their entrance, you know, from that year's SummerSlam. So, uh it sucks that behind the scenes, you know, got in the way of a very big moment, especially for a big event at its time, especially being Wembley Stadium or was Stadium or whatever stadium that was in England. Um, man, uh, it's pretty obvious that brotherhood and professional wrestling runs deeper than people give it credit for. Um, Because we live in this world now where people look past professional wrestling, and we've talked about this. And when you look at stuff like this and you look at episodes like last night, which ironically I learned on Facebook that yesterday, back in 2003, months before Hawk's passing, um, yesterday marks uh, their last match in the WWE going against RVD and Kane. Um, wow. You know, if that's the case, then what a day and time to put out this episode, huh? Especially reaching deep as it, you know, as they did. 
Um, the ending of the episodes uh, of the episode. Yeah, that that hit. I'm not gonna say the end bullshit. Um, just like Deshaun, I know how that is, you know, and it's not easy. Some people don't know how to handle it. You know, for those people out there that don't get help, you know what I'm saying? You're worth something, so don't ever think that you're not. Trust me, I've been there. But anyway, um, Hawk lived a wild-ass life, man. And it almost sounded like despite the fact that he had a good impact on those he still marched to the beat of his own drum. The whole him going to Japan. Um, I remember a few years back, I seen like this picture. You know, a lot of old wrestling blogs on Facebook, they post a lot of stuff. And it was Hawk in this, you know, in the, in the person you saw in the documentary that was his partner that he replaced. Now, here's the thing. I didn't know about... Uh, Hawk dipping the way he did when I heard about it last night. When I well, not last night, but this morning. Um, I personally thought it was like, oh, there's a wrestler that was just a random mystery tag partner, and he was just putting on the get up as tribute. But did I know that it was a complete replacement? Hell no. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of answered the questions of how I'm seeing these Hulk Hogan versus Road Warrior Hog matches in, in Japan. You know, a combination that I never really seen in the United States, as far as my knowledge goes. But, um, because honestly, both of y'all said majority of what I was going to say. And the only thing that I can do right now is, uh, Relate as a fan and let alone trying to stay away from the negative because a majority of that has been said, you know. And but I can't help it, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't help it because I try to, I'm trying to like when I watch these, you know, when I listen, I always try to be the one to kind of somewhat highlight this wrestling footages I see, but then it's like. Y'all use SummerSlam, and then I'm seeing the performance myself, and then they're over here describing it while I'm seeing it. And it's like, not only it's like, wow, it was like, I got to look at this match myself to see, you know, you know, but it sucks that Hawk, you know, left the way he did, despite the fact that he made these choices to live the wildlife. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if any of you have seen it, I'm pretty sure some wrestling fans out there that do listen to us are familiar with the the this video on YouTube where you see all these wrestlers are in their locker rooms and they're sniffing coke, they're partying, and Hawk being the main one there in the, you know, in the shot doing his thing. So I kind of got a glimpse of what everybody was talking about in the episode last night. This dude is wild. He is wild, man. You know, dude punches himself in the face and fractures his teeth. You know, who does that? <laughs> you know? Um, the eulogy. The eulogy. Um, mm, 
that's some powerful stuff. Paul Ellering, it's pretty obvious he loved these guys. It's like a father loving his sons. And no parent would want any of their kids, no matter what, you know, they don't want them to, you know, die or they don't want to bury them. And it's kind of like the case with Paul Ellering and being the father and Road Warrior Animal being the brother, you know. Uh, I ain't really got much more to say about it because, you know, I kind of felt too close to home with a lot of things on this. And it kind of makes me question if this has happened to me with this episode, what is next week's episode going to do to me? But um, the only thing that I can say right now to top it all off on the episode I've seen on Dark Side of the Ring is that this is a legendary tag team that will never, ever, ever be duplicated. It's awfully imitated, obviously. And some or maybe one only succeeded in the demolitions by having this tag team title reign. But other than that, anybody after failed. The ascension had the attention. They had the suspension and now they're gone. You know what I'm saying? So I will say that after looking in this light and seeing that they were brought up as badasses and then leading up to being a legendary tag team, I have two dream matches, you know, that of course we'll never see. One, I wouldn't mind to ever seen in my life the Road Warriors versus the Dudleys. I mean, that's my own personal dream match. Um, and then when it comes to, like, do the jobber squash matches, listen, after giving it some thought and since this whole pandemic thing and all these squash matches, I would love to see the Road Warriors versus some random jabroni and his tag team partner being the legendary the former WWE champion, Leon Ruff, or Leon Ruff, Rush, whatever the hell his name is. Ruff. Look at that, he can't even get his name right. And the way he'd be selling for people, I would love to see how he would sell <laughs> a clothesline Mm-mm. from these men. I mean, and then to make it, to make it worse, his girl going to be refereeing the match. That right there, that's comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it, <laughs> it it puts <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm over here thinking about it while I'm talking about it. Um uh. it, it just it one it'll make them look like killers, of course, you know what I'm saying? And maybe I can put this in there, maybe this is cheating, maybe against the war raiders. Maybe they'll show them how it's really done. But I digress. Um, all in all, it was hard looking at some of these interviews, you know, because some couldn't contain themselves. You know, um, it's the relatable pain that anybody that has suffered through loss can relate to. It's not really easy to watch even if you are a fan of professional wrestling. Um, so rest in peace to Hawk. 
um, the team of the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, whatever you are comfortable to call them, just because they're not together because of Hawk's passing doesn't mean that the team is dead. It will forever live on in our wrestling fan hearts. If you're a fan of the team, you know, they basically put this, you know, they're, they, what one of them said, I think it was Animal, someone said in the um, episode that they pretty much kind of put this on the map because single matches were the main attraction. You know? So, uh, if this was WWE covering this shit, they'd be like, there were trailblazers this, and there were trailblazers that. And they love that fucking word. But anyway, um, so I'm not going to use that, you know. I'm just going to say that they started the pathway. Let's just say that, you know. So, mm, I'm not good with emotional episodes, so... To top it all off, I'm just going to say, once again, LOD forever, man, regardless. There'll never be another. Don't, fans out there, please, don't don't ask for another fucking uh, remake. It's bad enough I'm seeing bad remakes in movies. I don't need to see this. So, um, just, just let it be something of the past. I'll do respect. Because sometimes... The original is never better than the sequel. It really depends on what, but that's what I always grew up on. So that's all I got to say about that episode, man. I got one. I got one rematch for you: World Warriors versus APA. I was going there with mm. that one. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Now if you Ooh. now if you put them in a hardcore false count anywhere environment, fuck yeah, sold a street brawl. I can see it. A fucking triple or ooh, no, or mm. a bar brawl. Boom. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, I can that. see that. I can see that happen. That's no. the only thing that I was thinking about. No. The whole ass little angle that young blood tried to sell to me. I was like, mm, I can see APA somewhere involved in this because you want, you want bruisers. Those two were bruisers too. Imagine those two going out and then with their double team moves and shit. That would be dope. Yeah. For heavyweights. Mm. Nah, nah, I'm going old school on this one. Road Warriors versus Steiners. Hmm. Remember, remember, big, you tumble big tag team, right? Take a look. Remember how big Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner was? They could probably go toe-to-toe on that one. But wasn't one of them on steroids? Scott. But you take you take it out. Scott Steiner is like Hawk. Rick Steiner is like Animal. Hmm. Play about similarities because Hawk, I mean Animal's son played in the NFL. Rick Steiner's son plays in the NFL. The same, they got the same couple of similarities. Hmm. But I'll, I'll admit something to y'all. I never, I never really want to admit before. And the reason why I really did go longer for 
for expressing how much I love the the Road Warriors is just because uh, I too know what it feels like. Um, I was I was definitely in hawk shoes. The reason why I am admitting this is because I, um, I was, um, a pill popper. Uh, pain pills. I was like the Kurt Angle, the Jeff Hardy, the, the Huck, all those, all those athletes, all those wrestlers you see, all the athletes you probably heard that was legit on on things that was me i was on something because of all the pain that i was going through from playing from actually playing football and and fighting and things like that in my lifetime and it took a toll on my body and somehow some way i fought out of it and if I didn't, I probably would not be here today. And it was just like watching the story of the Road Warriors. I couldn't really say much on it because I literally been in those shoes. I really understood everything that was going on. It was hard for me to even say anything. But you live and you have to learn from it. The mistakes that I've did, I don't want no one else to go through. And I'm still living the mistakes now. Thank you, Dukes. Yeah, we're gonna end the show on that note. Um, thank you guys for taking the opportunity for um being here with me, especially your thoughts about the dark side of the ring episode, the last ride of the road warriors available now on vice.com out on YouTube as well. The same way that the same way that we did. Our next episode we're gonna be covering and recapping tonight's AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. As far as Uncle Sun is holding some Hall of Famers, supposed to be coming out of the NXT. It's supposed to be a title match. Oh, yeah, tag team title match. The NXT tag team title is supposed to be on the line tonight. And I think that's about it. So, a couple of, and the tag and the cruiserweight 20 still going on between there and AEW. We're going to be having some neat type of fun tonight. And hopefully, we're going to see some storylines more unfolding in tonight's episode. Any one of y'all got any shout-outs y'all want to plug in before we go? Um, of course, you know me. Uh, you can catch me on my gaming channel, my gaming app here, uh, www.clutch.win. That's clutch. Find me, young little 8214. Just keep pressing play. Um... I'll put the shout out to everyone that's listening out there. Um, trust and believe, knowing me, I'll probably uh, I'll probably say something goofy and stupid, and make sure y'all get your laughs in. But today, I'm this now. This today wasn't the day, so I like to say thank y'all for everyone who's listening. 
Um, please support. Please support. Off the top ropes. Listen to these fellas right here, because they know what they're doing, and it's gonna be a part of something that is that's gonna be unique and special for the listeners. Shout out to our fellow OTTR member, Wise One, on his upcoming podcast in the buildings available soon, coming soon here on Anchor. He's going to be spreading through all the other podcast platforms as well. Maybe he gets ready. Hopefully, he gets his. Hopefully, he keeps his head. Hope we all keep our head of the water's trying times right now. It was COVID nineteen situation. We have wear face masks, staying six feet away from people, hand sanitizer, some things, wash your hands, wash your ass, staying six feet away from what I need. For tomorrow, nonetheless, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of down that too. I got some life decisions I gotta start making as well, and it's taking a toll on me and my decision making. So I gotta really get my head in the game, folks. Say like you try to stay sane out there. And um, as one beloved TV talk show host told me, was told y'all and told many people around the world back then, other black boxes. Take care of yourself and each other.